Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how I do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And this poem is entitled Live. So I actually was looking at the poem and then I put something down to get something else. So y'all bear with me, please. And thank you. So here we go. Would it be easier for you or would it be much easier for me if I focused on everything that brought me down emotionally to keep my smile turned upside down physically that would eventually drain me spiritually maybe but instead I choose to look around I focus on the good abounding within me death came knocking at my door twice to be exact a brain tumor was supposed to take me out or was it I spoke to the inner future me you must conquer the enemy within the one who claims your defeat no don't be outdone fight for your life Fight for your children. Be victorious. Overcome and live. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And so I've been really, really deep in thought on today as I processed some news. And what came to me was the story of Jacob and Leban. So, I'm not going to read much, but I'm going to share. So, I've been reading this book. And because these are not my words, I got to be really careful. So, I'm going to figure out a way to share with y'all. <laughs> I know I can read the Bible out loud, but I'm just saying this is really, really deep. So here it goes. It says, then Jacob said to Laban, Laban, give me my wife. I've completed what we agreed I do. I'm ready to consummate my marriage. Laban invited everyone around and threw a big feast. At evening, though, he got his daughter Leah and brought her to the marriage bed. And Jacob slept with her. Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as her maid. Morning came. There was Leah in the marriage bed. Jacob confronted Laban. What have you done to me? Didn't I work all this time for the hand of Rachel? Why did you cheat me? We don't do it that way in our country, said Laban. 
We don't marry off the younger daughter before the older. Enjoy your week of honeymoon and then we'll give you the other one also. But it will cost you another seven years of work. Genesis 29, 21, 25 through 26. So, Jacob thought that he was working for the woman that he had fallen in love with, which was Rachel. And so, seven years to him didn't seem like much because he knew at the, or at least he thought, he knew at the end of that time he would get who he had worked so hard to get, which was his wife, Rachel. But Laban tricked Laman, Laban <laughs> tricked him and made him work an additional seven years. Laban gained wealth by using Jacob. And so after Jacob worked for 14 years, seven, and then he was tricked into having Leah and then another seven to make sure that he gained Rachel. So that's 14 years total. And then he wanted to make sure that he received a way to have a steady income because now he had two wives and children to take care of. So he's trying to make sure that he secured his future. And according to Genesis 30, 25 through 26, it says, Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you. And let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. Yeah, Laban knew all right. He knew to the point that he operated in such a way to control the narrative. His intent, in my opinion, was never to let um, Jacob be free. I truly believe that. If it were up to Laban, he would use Jacob until he couldn't use him anymore simply because he was gaining notoriety. He was gaining wealth. He was gaining so much by using Jacob. And so as time went on, Jacob desperately wanted to get out of that bondage, out of the stronghold that Laban had so cunningly placed on him. So this brings me to Because as I'm studying about Laban, trust me, that was never my intent. But when you cross certain types of people that remind you of that spirit, trust me, you'll start to study it too. And so, um, have you ever met anyone in your life where they really truly treated you like they owned you? Like you couldn't operate without them. You couldn't prosper without them you couldn't function without them some people even go to the fullest extent 
of thriving off of feeling like you need them in order to make it. Maybe they are in a better financial position than you. Maybe they are in a different bracket when it comes to your employment. But they'll do what they can to keep their foot on your neck if you let them. And so one thing that I used to say a long time ago, and I still feel like that. I used to say, I wish there were a way that I could become corporate America's arch enemy. And what I mean by that is offering such a different way of business, offering a different way that liberated the employees so that they would not feel as if they were in some form of Pharaoh-like bondage. Now, I don't know how in the world I would be able to make that manifest and come into fruition, but I've had that vision for quite some time. And it's sad because I've even heard people say about invisible handcuffs, that certain companies have invisible handcuffs. You can't physically see them, but they have figured out a way to be so strategic that you can only go so far. You can only go so far. However, what I'm starting to understand is as I read this whole Laban story between Jacob and Laban is that they had an unhealthy dialogue because Laban was actually abusing Jacob. He was using him. He was manipulating him. He was trying to control him. He only wanted him to go. Oh, but so far. And he was reaping the benefit of his hard work. It wasn't a mutual relationship. It was one that he literally controlled by using deception and by using fraud and by using his own personal agenda. Even manipulation. So Jacob started to realize that he wanted to be free. So he started seeking the face of God to figure out how could I be rid of Laban? How could I get out from his grasp? And God showed Jacob a way out. In my heart of hearts, And the way my brain is set up. I truly believe that if you are seeking a way out from Laban, Laban, however you want to pronounce it, because I'm probably pronouncing it all the way wrong. 
But if you are truly seeking to be delivered from the spirit of Laban, from the stronghold of Laban, I genuinely believe that if you seek the face of God and pray for a strategy, he'll give it to you. He will give it to you. So as I continue to read this, one of the things and one of the reasons why I was drawn to this particular book is that actually I can tell you what the book is. I'm just going to give a free advertisement, a free shout out. It is called Speckled and Spotted. Breaking Financial Ceilings by Sino Aguese, who is the spouse of Kelly Aguese. I actually follow their ministry. So I was reading this and it really is an eye opener. Now I'm only on, what chapter am I on? What chapter am I on? I am only on chapter one. And it's just that good. It is just that good. And it is very, very enlightening. It breaks down the interpretation of that particular passage. But it breaks it down in such a way. First of all, it's in elementary terms. And I love, I just, I really do love when people write books And they simplify it where they don't have to use all of these extravagant words that only a handful of people really know unless they pull out their dictionary, honey. I just love it when you can literally write it down and make it plain. And it's an easy read. It's easy for you to process it. You don't have to sit down and be like, okay, hold on. Let me get my thesaurus. Let me get my atlas let me get my dictionary and let me get my bible like let me just get all of these books have them all aside um commentary all of, let me just get all this stuff because i'm gonna need some help trying to break down this one word like i don't have time for that and so whenever i'm able to read something that is simple whenever i'm right able to read something that will give me the the understanding that i need to get through whatever season it is that i'm going through in my life Those are the types of books that I can sit down, take a moment and read through them, highlight what I need to highlight, put the bookmark where I need to put the bookmark, refer to a couple of scriptures, meditate for a moment, and then seek answers. See, and one thing that I would truly recommend anytime that you're dealing with any level of adversity, because I feel like we all face adversity in some way, form or fashion, whether we intentionally face it or whether or not you just surrounded by some people that just don't want to see you win. However, adversity presents itself. We do face it. And so one of the things that I would truly, truly recommend that you do is that anytime that you are facing adversity, if you feel as if you cannot talk to certain people, like I've, I've done my best to try to make sure that I surround myself with people that I can truly trust their judgment. Um, but if you feel as if you're one of those people that I don't want to tell nobody nothing because the circumstance might change and and I don't need them holding it against me later. If you're one of those people, then I really do recommend getting the type of books that you can delve into 
getting you a little 50 cent, $1, whatever, depending on your taste, get your little notebook and get your really nice writing pen and go through the process, go through the process, write it down, write down what this person made you feel like, write down how this person made you feel, write down your perception of the conversation, write down what it is that they said and how you interpreted what they said, write down a solution. So if you need an exit strategy, baby, write your exit strategy down. If you need a way to create an email so that you can put your thoughts in email form, make sure you do a rough draft first. Make sure that you at first just get off, kind of like just, they call it brainstorming, when you just vomit everything on your page, on the page, and then as you're vomited everything on the page, be like, okay, now let me figure out a very strategic way to word this so that it sounds professional, so that I've taken emotion out of it, so to speak, so that literally when it's being read, I'm only presenting the facts. Figure out a way to make it work for you, no matter what it is. That goes from your home life to your work life to your, if you're trying to get your physical life right, your spiritual life right, it just goes with all of that. Even when it comes to, let's say you're trying to join a church and you don't really know. I know I did that when me and my kids were joining the church. I sat down and I did one row. One was the pros of the particular church that I was thinking about. One was the cons. Then it was another church that we had came from. I did the pros and the cons. What was it that we missed about that church? Why is it that my kids were more prone to go to that church? Now that we're at this church, why is it that they're not? And as I did the pros and the cons, I figured out that what they loved about the old church is that they had a children's ministry. But the new one did not. So then the next time that we went looking for a church, I made sure that it had a children's ministry. And I mean, and when I say children's ministry, I'm talking like teenagers. And so um, because I saw that it made a world of difference in terms of how they engaged and they wanted to be able to be around their peers. They didn't want to be around a whole lot of adults the whole time. So the next time we chose another church home, I factored that in. So that's something that you may have to do. But, um, yeah, so this is going to conclude my episode on tonight. But before I completely conclude it, I wanted to read. And really, this is going to be y'all get to see it live and in, in color. This is one of my brainstorming sessions that I'm going to read. <laughs> so it's not really a letter. It's just me just talking. But I'm going to read it anyway. So, dear future hubby, this is dated July the 8th of 2021. Dear future hubby, I want to ensure that I cancel the spirit of Laban over our lives. Have you heard the story of Jacob and Rachel? How he worked for seven years and his father-in-law Laban tricked him into working seven more after giving him Leah instead of Rachel as he initially promised? Well, I've been doing some research and studying a little deeper about the spirit of Laban. What is the spirit of Laban? Let me tell you what I know thus far. It is the spirit of delay. It is the spirit of denial. It is the spirit of fraud, of deceit. Today, I was reminded as to why I diligently pursue my dreams the way I do. Laban had an issue with control. Jacob served Laban for 14 years for Rachel. 
six additional years for his flock. Then I wrote down Psalm 119, verse 120. Before Jacob decides to leave God, to leave, God visits him in a dream. And then I wrote down Genesis 31, 40. Laban literally changed Jacob's wages 10 times. Can you imagine working for someone and every time you feel as if you will not just feel, you know that you are due for an increase. They change your wages and not necessarily in your favor. So he had to deal with that. Not only are you my father-in-law, like I've married into your family, but now you are taking advantage of the fact that I have married into your family. So now you're not only keeping me around so that you can be around your daughters, but you're also taking advantage of my labor because you know how much I love Rachel. So God ends up visiting Laban also in a dream and Jacob knew it. So one thing about the spirit of Laban, the spirit of Laban refuses to bless you. It blocks your blessings or at least attempts to. It blocks your breakthroughs. And there's a spirit of delay connected with Laban. Laban was selfish. He had these strong tendencies to control and manipulate the people around him for his own selfish benefit. This is something that even if it's easy to recognize it in someone else, we should still take the time out to examine our own selves and see if we are able to admit whenever we are wrong. Because if we think that we are always right, we are operating under a spirit of Laban. So one of the things that I did when I was going through studying about the spirit of Laban, I took a moment to repent now, for those of you that don't know what repentance is, that's when you turn away from, you acknowledge where you've erred, you've acknowledged if you've been ignorant to any places where you have erred, and you opt to do better. And so, before I could proceed with the study of the Spirit, I wanted to make sure that I was right in my own heart, in my own mind, in my own spirit, so that it would not hinder me from being able to not just intercede for others, but to also, I wanted to keep my, keep my conscience clear. And so whenever we are able to recognize our own self-will, our own selfish ambitions, although painful, this helps to denounce the spirit of Laban. Because even in this story between Jacob and Laban, Laban was actually controlling two marriages in one. Jacob's marriage to Leah and Jacob's marriage to Rachel. So 
I didn't really pay attention when I was reading this scripture years ago. I didn't realize that Laban had idols. Had not a clue until this time when I was doing the work and I was like idols. So then you get to a point that you're just like, what are you? I'm asking myself. I'm just saying you. But I'm like, what have I idolized? Have I, I put, have I put anything before you, Lord, that I should not have placed before you, whether I knew it or whether I did not? Have I given power to a position? Have I given power to a employer? Have I given clout to the point that I'm not even recognizing that you are my Al Shaddai, you are my Jehovah Jireh, you are my provider? Have I placed any idol before you? Because I know that you are a jealous God and you will not have any idols before you. Have I placed a person before you? Have I placed a thing before you? Whatever it is that I have potentially, even in my ignorance, placed before you, I am asking that you forgive me right now because I don't want anything blocking my prayers. So once I went through that, just to see like, Lord, is there anything? Is there anything? One thing I recognize is that Laban was witty. And what he did, he found ways to benefit from delaying other people's blessings. That's like the worst kind of authoritative figure. Is when you have a level of power. And instead of using your power for good, you use it to hold people bondage. You delay their blessings because you would rather them be with you and work for you to make you look good. That's like the worst level of authority. And there are a lot of kings and high places that misuse their authority. That's a Laban spirit. Laban only wanted to be blessed financially. He was a user. He destroyed people. He didn't want you to benefit emotionally, naturally, or spiritually. He was so selfish that that selfishness was part of his ambition. He made promises after promise, promise after promise, but he his intent was never to keep those promises. So what I asked God after really looking into this, I was like, Lord, I'm going to need you to deliver me from any person that has ever been in my life that has the spirit of Laban. That is doing all that they can, all that they intend, all that they desire to try to destroy and delay what it is that you intend for me. Because the spirit of Laban operates in dictatorship. And the spirit of Laban tries to delay your destiny. So what I found out was that Rachel... 
she actually hid Laban's idols. And by doing that, that's what ended Laban's manipulating everyone in Jacob's house. So part of my prayer was, God, (laughs) I need you to just every single idol that is in my father's house, that is in my mother's house, that is in my house, that's in my children's house, that's in my children's children's house. Every single idol that was designed to monitor my life, to dictate my life, to cancel my destiny. I ask that you open the ground up and swallow those idols. Because when it comes to the spirit of Laban, the spirit of Laban doesn't allow you to fulfill your destiny. So I cancel that assignment over you, future hubby, over me, over my children, over my children's children and my other children beyond that to come. I cancel it. I plead the blood of Jesus all over, all over you, future hubby, me and my children, my children's children, ours, all of that. And part of this I know is necessary because I'm trying to break whatever curse The spirit of retaliation, everything that is affiliated with the spirit of Laban. Because one thing I've also recognized is that the spirit of Ray of, um, I'm about to call Laban something totally different. (laughs) The spirit of Laban can tell and can see when the glory of God is all over your life. So, one thing I also know, though, when you are called by God, when you are one of his chosen and elect children, one thing I have come to realize is that it don't matter if you are no offense to these areas of careers, but if you are, it doesn't matter if you're a janitor, it doesn't matter if you're a car washer, it doesn't matter if you're a babysitter, it doesn't matter if you are um, a notary, it doesn't matter if you are a basketball player, it don't matter what your profession is, it doesn't matter if you sell car insurance, it doesn't matter if you wash the cars, it does not matter if you Only wipe blinds. It doesn't matter what it is that you do. When you have the anointing of God on your life, the spirit of Laban can see it. But when you have the God, when you have the spirit of God over your life, it will overtake the Laban spirit because God will always vindicate his own always. So I encourage you to stay focused on the promises of God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what they think they're getting away with. I encourage you to stay focused. Because another thing I noticed is that Laban doesn't mind pimping off your anointing. Laban is a slave driver. 
As long as you keep doing what you're doing while he reaps all of the benefits of your hard work, he's going to keep having you do what you do. So I, by the power that God has given me, cancel the assignment of Laban. From manipulation to control to deceit to fraud and everything attached to it. I decree that the Holy Spirit will cover you like no one else. And that you will overcome any and all subtle acts of control, bondage, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. And may God cancel every assignment spoken or thought or written concerning you, your seed, and our future. In Jesus' mighty name, I decree the victory over the enemy. Amen. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing day. For those of you that don't believe in Jesus, for those of you that don't believe in God, this was between me and my future hubby for real. <laughs> but y'all have a very blessed evening, morning, afternoon, whatever it is that you hear this episode. And please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a good one. Blessed one. Bye.